0: Welcome to Amateur Radio Roundtable. I'm Tom, W5KUB, and uh, we're so glad you're with us tonight. And uh, just uh, want to ask, do we have any new people tonight? If there's any new people tonight with us, uh, please uh, say hello in the chat room. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And we're especially doing a shout-out tonight. There's a a Facebook group called Real Infed Antennas that I'm a member of, and uh, I love that group. They're growing at about 250 people a week. I mean, its I, I don't understand it, but the NFED antenna is becoming very popular. So hello out there to all you NFED antenna people. And let's just ask. Also, um, uh, is there anybody here that came to us from the NFED antenna, the real NFED antenna Facebook group? I'd like to see you in the chat room and say hello if you did. I want to say uh, welcome to all of our listeners out there on the international shortwave on WBCQ on 7490 kilohertz. We're a relatively low power station. We're only running about 50,000 watts, but uh, the antenna is up in, uh, up in uh, uh, Maine, and, uh, at Monticello, Maine. And uh, it's actually beaming the, uh, the, you know, all the shortwave stations, the antenna has to beam a certain place. Uh, and, uh, right now, um, they're beaming at Mexico city. So, uh, I don't know if we got anybody in Mexico city down there or not. If you're listening out there on WBCQ, please send us an email, send it to Tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a signal report. Tell us where you are and how you're hearing the station. Uh, I'd like to ask a big favor for everybody out there, if you will. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. We added a subscribe button to the video. You can see it down there in the bottom right-hand corner. Please, if you will, uh, hit, the, um, hit that subscribe button. It will really, really help us out to uh, advertise a show within uh, YouTube out there and bring more people into to our show. Um, we want to invite you to join our Facebook group. We've got a great Facebook group. It's growing pretty rapidly. We've got over 12,000 members in our ham radio Facebook group. Just search for W5KUB and you'll find it. Or you can search for amateur radio round table and it will also take you there. But, uh, the short W5KUB will, will get you to our uh, group. I'd love to have you there. And, um, uh be a participant let us know what you're doing here and uh, post some pictures and things that you're doing there uh, let's see what else is going on here um just uh oh hey weather report we had uh, about an inch inch and a half maybe two inches of snow uh a few days ago uh it lasted oh man it it, it was tough man it lasted i think about 24 hours and it was gone uh, but uh, we survived it uh, my generator the gas man has been here he's run the pipe for my home generator uh, but i'm waiting on the inspection the the city inspector to tell them that that you know the pipe's okay and maybe maybe i'll get it hooked up this week uh, we're supposed to get more snow this weekend so i want that generator hooked up before this weekend
1: no so you know what's gonna happen
0: what, what's that it's
1: gonna. We're gonna get snow. Power's gonna go out. And three days after everything clears up and everything, then you get your generator hooked up.
0: Well, I might do it, but you know what? I still have my portable generator back there for uh, for backup, and I'm not getting rid of it until I get the uh, the home <laughs> generator uh, completely all put in. It's all wired in, and you know what's funny? The gas man he he ran about an eight foot pipe, and he had to cap this pipe off and put pressure on it. And the inspector has to come out and check and make sure the pipe held the pressure. This is a one-inch one inch steel pipe, about eight feet long. Let's see if it's going to hold the pressure. But anyway, that's another story. All right. Well, let's see. I think I've made all the announcements. Um, uh, we're going to have a special guest with us tonight. Somebody that has been with the show here for a, a number of years. Started off as a, as a uh, oh, how do I say it? A little, uh, a little almost a kid, and uh, worked in the show and kind of grew up in the show and uh, is now uh, uh, pulling a lot of weight in the show. We're going to have that guest with us a little later in the show tonight. Uh, Hey, Handbox is going to give away a prize tonight. We're going to give away a multimeter. Uh, Guys, this is, let me tell you something. This is a good multimeter. This is a Harbor Freight multimeter. That means... I've got one in
1: both of my cars and somewhere in my lab.
0: You can throw this in your toolbox, throw it in your truck. You can uh, throw it under your feet, throw it wherever you want to. But when you need to check your battery, you you know, you got a digital multimeter here. We're going to give this away tonight. And uh, actually, it costs a whole lot more to ship it than the thing's worth. But we're going to give it (laughs) away tonight. We're going to get a to give it away tonight. And uh, that's going to be fun tonight. Um, Let's see so glenn how you been doing down there and uh, uh what you got going and uh you're fixing to hit some ham fester soon aren't you
1: yeah well you know we got hit by the same snow you did except ours didn't start until like four o'clock in the morning lasted till like 10 and it was already melting by that evening so we didn't get anything at all out of this round we got more the last time around uh, they are saying more this coming weekend, and just just my luck, just as we were talking about you and the generator, I am going to the Collinsville, uh, Illinois uh, Winterfest, which is just outside of St. Louis uh, on Friday, and I'm uh, going to be doing an Arduino forum there on Saturday, and got a table, so I'm going to be selling some stuff. And uh, yeah, feels good to be back in the, in the ham fest swing of things
0: all right well, very good man and uh hey have a good time up there representing us we're not going go to go any of these right now we're gonna
1: you really trust me to represent you
0: I, I'm, I'm trusting you to represent us
1: uh you yeah. like to live dangerously all right
0: hey alan come on in here alan what's going on up in new jersey
2: all righty good evening to you good evening to all not too much going on up here and uh had a short work week started yesterday. Was Monday for or actually today was Monday for me. We had Monday off of the holiday, but uh, yeah, we've got a couple of things for tech tips tonight. Um, you know, we've talked on and off about the uh, the Nano VNA, so uh, we'll do two uh, d- replay two of my videos and maybe have a discussion on two topics with it. One is a little bit of a tutorial on how to use the Nano VNA to check the. Uh, tuning characteristics or the resonant characteristics of your antenna and how to visually see what your antenna tuner is doing. Uh, so that'll be the first one. And then uh, another topic that we've discussed here in past weeks and months is uh, the effects of adding or you know, adding or subtracting transmission line length between your antenna and uh, and your transmitter. What does that do? So I've got a little video on that. We've been using uh, the VNA to show the effects of that as well. So We'll, uh, we'll run those today. We had them queued up for last week, so uh, we'll just hold them off for, for this week. So we'll do them
3: today.
0: All right. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, I enjoyed your, uh, your discussion on the Nano VNA a while back on the show, and uh, I almost learned how to use part of it. I got my Nano VNA out tonight, and uh, I'm going to play with it as you talk about it. Maybe I All can right. learn how to get past step one or two. And it does help, you know, the little the little shorting uh things and the little open and the short and the fifty ohm uh connectors that you have to put on here to calibrate. I had my fifty ohm and my short uh backwards. I had them marked backwards. My my short was fifty ohms and my fifty ohms are short. So that probably made a difference on how this thing works. So that
2: that'll mess up your calibration. Yeah, it, sure.
0: it, yeah <laughs> it 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 ought to make it read backwards or something, I would think, but uh yeah i don't know um uh, and hey i just want to know too how to turn a few of those things off i don't want all that curly q stuff running around here i just like oh, to yeah. start off simple man with swr you know
2: yeah and, and yeah you, you can do that it kind of starts off with uh you know four traces up you don't need them all yeah so uh yeah
4: yeah okay.
2: yeah well look why don't we
0: uh let's see i was just looking at the chat room there i see um who was it the uh ag2 gl man he said he blew up his harbor freight meter boy maybe he'll win tonight and uh we can get uh ag2 gl uh another one there and uh, uh actually i have so many of those uh meters in my closet here i might be able to help ag2 gl later get one if he really desperately needs it all right well hey alan why don't we jump right into this let's get started tonight and um let's uh um, let's just learn something all
2: righty so yeah why don't you let me uh, see I think it's got to let me share a screen here yep Um, and we will first talk about you know how to use the nano VNA to sweep and or measure an antennas you know SWR or return loss or both and then also uh, how actually visualizing looking at the Smith chart you can actually visualize what your antenna tuner is doing so it's only about a six-minute video. Uh, we could uh, play that first, and then go talk about it. Um, I think I talked. I think I might touch a little bit on uh, on calibration first, and how to turn on and off the traces that you want to have on and and not have turned on. So I know that's one of the, the stumbling points. You know, people look at the screen; it looks very jumbled and confusing. Uh, we can turn off those things that we don't need and uh, make it uh, very simple. So. Um, you know, the, the nano VNA, you know, can really do an awful lot of things. You know, using it as an antenna analyzer is, you know, basically just one small piece of what it can be used for. Uh, but it's probably one of the things that a, most of us hams will use most often. Uh, those of us that do things like home brewing and things like that and designing our own filters and that type of a thing might take advantage of some of the other features of it. But probably uh, analyzing an antenna system is probably one of the most common things that... Uh, that us as SAMs will actually use it for. So let me, uh, let me do a quick little share uh, of this guy here. And uh, let me make sure I click the share, uh, share sound button as well. Um, and so that should help. So you should see uh, my screen here. Uh, yep. It looks like uh, is looking at the outgoing feed there. Tom, looks like you've got it. So I'm going to hit play on here. It's only six minutes. Okay. And we can spend some time discussing this. Uh, if you have any questions as we go along, post them in the chat room, and we'll talk about them after. So uh, here we go. In this video, we're going to take a quick look at how to use a nano-VNA, like this nano-VNA H4. to. So to pause for a second, I just want to make sure that the audio is coming through. Yes,
0: yes, it's sounding good.
2: Okay, here we go measure an antenna and then help with optimizing its tuning. Now to measure an antenna, uh, you can use the reflection coefficient or the SWR or the Smith chart. I'm going to choose to use all three. You can see that the yellow trace is already set up to be the log mag of the reflection coefficient, so we'll leave that. The green trace is already a Smith chart, so we'll leave that one alone. So we'll reconfigure the blue trace to be SWR and then get rid of uh, the purple trace we bring up the menu, go to display, go to trace, and let's first just get rid of purple trace by touching on it, touching on it again to, to get rid of it. And then we'll select trace number one, the inverse text tells us we're selected. We'll go back and then tell it to be on channel zero, which is the reflection, reflection channel or the S11 channel. And now we just have to go back in one more time to the format and hit SWR. Next, let's set up the frequency range we want to test. So we'll bring our menu back up and go back and back again, and go to stimulus. In our case, I want to measure the 40 meter amateur radio band from 7 megahertz to 7.3. So I touch on the start frequency, and I dial in 7, M for megahertz. That will set up the start frequency. And then we'll go back in and select stop frequency, 7.3 megahertz and now we've set up the stimulus range that we want to test. The next thing we want to do is run the calibration because the default calibration is going to have two coarse of a granularity to measure over this limited frequency range that we have. So we go bring the menu back up, go back and hit Cal and go to Reset to reset the existing calibration. We can see that those calibration indicators have gone away over here and then we hit Calibrate And since we're only doing a reflection measurement uh, on channel 0, we only have to do an open, short, and load. So we start off by putting the open on the port and touching open. And next we put a short on the port and touch short. And then we replace the short with a 50 ohm load on the port and touch load. Once we've done all three standards, we can hit Done and then choose to save it to a memory location. I'm gonna choose just to save it to location one. Now we hook up uh, the antenna. With the antenna hooked up, we can see our SWR plot over the 40 meter band. We can see the log magnitude of the reflection coefficient and we can see the Smith chart. And uh, we can use the jog wheel to move or cursor or a marker to make measurements at at various frequencies across the range. Or we even have some marker functions to search for a min or a max. So for example, if I touch on on marker number one, that activates uh, trace number one. And I can go into the marker function and do a search and search for a minimum. And that will put the marker right at the minimum. And I can see that's at 7.216 megahertz. Now, of course, that's all we need to do if all we want to do is to sweep the antenna. But if we want to retune it, for example, we can leave these displays up and actually watch the reaction as we adjust the tuning of the antenna. So let's say, for example, I want to retune the resonant point of the antenna to be closer to the middle of the CW portion of the band instead of in the phone portion where it is now. So we can actually just watch the reaction on the VNA as I tune uh, the controls on my antenna tuner. And this is where I find it handy to have the Smith chart shown on the VNA because uh, you can actually see how the controls on the antenna tuner are going to twist and roll the uh, trace on the Smith chart. And it gives you a little bit better intuitive feel about which way to tune the various controls. I'm to pause here for a second. because one comment I want to make because I'm not sure I made it in the video is that um, in the Smith chart, the ideal 50-ohm, you know, point is right dead center in the circular chart, kind of right where that marker is uh, right there. So that's really wh- where you want to kind of target uh, a particular operating frequency is to have that, you know, the Smith chart plot cross right through the dead center of the Smith chart. We'll pick up the video again here. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is move uh, my marker down to, oh, somewhere in the CW portion of the band, you know, maybe around 7.07, 7.06, 7.05, something in the neighborhood. So to give me an idea, that's the the point that I want to now try to optimize with the tuner. All right, we will start by moving uh, some of the dials around here. Let's take a look at uh, how the, the various curves move around. We can see as I turn my inductor up, I can see the Smith chart's kind of turning around in this direction. Okay, and the resonant point is coming down in frequency. So that's kind of going the right way. Okay, and we can actually see I'm bringing my marker on the Smith Smith chart closer and closer to the center of the Smith chart. So I'm getting kind of close, but it's still kind of missing the mark a little bit. So we're probably going to have to optimize the capacitor here as well. So if we tweak on that a little bit, I can see I'm uh, deepening the null there on the uh, reflection coefficient. And I'm getting pretty close. So you can see with just a little more fine-tuning on uh, the controls of the tuner, I've got myself pretty darn good at my desired point right there. SWR is about 1.02. I'm sitting right at the center of the Smith chart. Uh, Reflection coefficient is down around minus 30-something dB. So uh, we've successfully retuned this antenna from the phone portion of the band down to the CW portion. Yeah, so give it a try yourself. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the video. If you like it, uh, give me a thumbs up. We'll be planning on doing a couple of more uh, nano VNA videos here in the future. Let me know what you'd like to see. And if you haven't subscribed, alrighty, we, uh, I'll stop the share here real quick. And uh, so that was just that you got a short little video. Uh, uh, I know it goes pretty quick if you're trying to follow along and do it. But uh, the nice thing about YouTube is you can stop it and pause it. You can even change the playback speed if you want. (laughs) But it goes through the basic process, uh, turning on or off the traces you want to have, configuring those traces to be what parameter you want to show. And you could just bring up a Smith chart and, and turn off all the other traces. Just go to the traces menu and eliminate the traces you don't want. Once you've got the trace or traces up that you want, then you go to the channel to tell, for each trace, tell what channel you want it to be on. For measuring an antenna, that's always going to be channel zero, okay, which is the uh, the reflection port. And then um, once you've got those set up, you can set up the format, whether you want it to be the log magnitude. The log mag is the log magnitude of what's called the S11, or um, the uh, reflection coefficient. Uh, if you take away the minus sign, it's also called return loss. And then uh, you can bring up SWR and then the Smith chart I put up there as well. Because I said, the more you play with it, you can kind of see how the Smith chart kind of curls around. It gives you a bit more intuitive feel of uh, what each of the tuner controls are doing. Um, And then running the calibration is the only other piece that you've really got to think about. Uh, Usually these Nano VNAs, when you get them, the default calibration that comes up when you first power it up goes from like 100 megahertz to 900 megahertz. And with the limited number of points that you've got in the nano VNA, you're not going to have a lot of calibrated points within a given amateur radio band. So it's it's a good idea to, to recalibrate mm-hmm. over the band you want to measure over just so that your calibration points are close. Now for HF, um, you know, there isn't a whole lot of change. Like if you were calibrated from... Five to ten megahertz, and you want to measure the seven megahertz band. You're probably going to be okay because you'll get some interpolation between uh, those points. But uh, since you got to calibrate it anyway, you might as well go ahead and do it. And you do have those individual uh, save slots that for the calibration that you can save for the most popular bands that you use. So uh, once you run the calibration and you save it, then it's just a matter of recalling uh the proper calibration for the frequency range you want to use and uh, and go from there so anyway i don't see too many questions i don't think popped up here in the chat so either everybody knows oh. this uh or nobody cares or everybody's asleep i don't know tom what do well
4: you <laughs> i
0: got a question you say now i always measure on on uh the zero port what is it s zero
2: well yeah, on the nano vna they call it channel zero ch zero yeah. Yeah, see. Um, and there's also a label there called S11. Um, yep. The unfortunate thing is, is that most of the professional, yeah, you got it. Most of the professional um, VNA world, it's called port one, okay? But for some reason, the nano VNA folks called it channel zero, just to make things confusing. But that in, on the nano VNA, that's the only port that actually sources a signal and then measures the reflection coming back. Okay, the now, channel one port is just a receive port. So it's just for making through measurements like through a cable or through a filter okay. or through an amplifier.
0: Now, it's also marked uh it looks like S11 and S21.
2: Right. So okay. S11, that's it, it, the right way to call that. S11 is the uh, it's an S it's, a, it's called an S parameter. Um, and the way you the way you interpret what S parameters are, it's a, it's essentially a ratio. Uh, it's called a scattering parameter, but it's effectively a ratio, as measuring the response on a port in response to a signal being provided by another port, okay? And the two numbers following the S will tell you which port is being measured, again, and, and then the second number is telling you which port is providing the source, okay? So, in the case S11, you're measuring on port one, which is channel zero, in response to a signal being provided by port 1. That's why it's called S11. And so that's why it's a reflection measurement. It's it's sending a signal out of port 1, that's the stimulus, and then some energy is going to be reflected off the load and then being reflected back into that port. And that's the ratio of that reflected energy to the the generated stimulus is really what that uh, reflection coefficient is. It's a complex number, meaning that it measures both the magnitude of the, re- the echo or the reflection coming back, as well as the phase. But the plot that we're showing, the log mag, is just the log magnitude of that, of that energy coming back. We're not looking at phase in this case. So, um, so it's really just the reflection coefficient that's mathematically related to SWR, so you can just mathematically transform them. The nan- nano-VNA is doing that for you. So we're displaying both the S11 plot, which is the yellow trace in my video, and then the uh, blue trace, which was SWR. They're both measuring the same thing, but they're mathematically computing uh, different ways of representing that. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to have to pull your video up and pause it quite a bit. Maybe back it up, (laughs) run it, back it up, run it. You know, Uh, I really want to use this. and, yeah. uh, and i need, and I need to learn
2: i need to learn graphing, how to use it. you know antenna analyzer you know like a one of the rig experts you know they mm-hmm. do basically the same thing mm-hmm. uh you can but the rig expert you set it up for one measurement at a time either showing an swr plot or showing a return loss plot or showing you know uh smith chart for example uh or even like a bar chart okay uh, well, in the case nice. of the nano VNA, you can kind of throw them all up on the screen at the same
3: time.
0: Yeah, I know. I know you can go in here and you can turn off all those different layers and uh, okay. get it down to what you want. But hey, maybe maybe the new model should have a switch on it, you know, where you can flip just SWR or Smith chart yeah. or whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and think, well, the nice thing too is that when you when you do that save in the calibration, mm-hmm. it also saves which traces you have turned on and what formats there are. So if you want to set this up so that mm. it's just going to be an SWR plot over a given frequency range, set, set that trace up, turn all the other traces off, do your calibration, save that into one of those slots, and whenever you recall that particular save, uh, recalled location or that, rec- that saved state, it'll basically just look like your antenna analyzer, and you won't have to do that all over again
0: so they're asking You ever tried the? i guess that's the tiny sa oh that's that's the spectrum analyzer i've also got one of those here it's a very same almost footprint
2: yeah i haven't i haven't picked one of those up yet i have several spectrum analyzers so i haven't picked up the tiny sa yet so i that's why you haven't seen any videos from me on the on the tiny sa so uh but it is one of those things that i'll probably wind up picking up at some point this year Uh, well and uh we'll do a little review on that but uh but it's basically just just a you know, I would say just a spectrum analyzer. You know, it doesn't uh, doesn't have any kind of a source uh, to to do network analysis like the VNA.
0: Yeah, it's very similar, built with the switch and a little thumb wheel down here. Uh, it's, yep. uh, it's 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 a lot smaller though. That's the that's
2: the yeah. Tiny. I not I'm surprised I haven't because the Nano VNA when it first came out had that same small display, and then later yeah. on. You know, they, they, they came out with ones with the larger 4-inch display. Right. I'm surprised that no one is, or, or if they have, I haven't seen it, uh, You know, produced one of the tiny SAs with a 4-inch screen instead of that 3-inch uh, screen.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, I did play with this a little bit. I did compare it with a, you know, a high-end or a high-dollar uh, uh, spectrum analyzer, and it was pretty accurate as far as the levels it was reading, I thought.
2: Yeah yeah I think well, the the biggest limitation probably is that you've probably only got a hundred points you know on the sweep because it's such a tiny display uh, and I'm not sure how many choices you have of resolution bandwidth which might make it difficult for you mm-hmm. to be able to look at um closely spaced frequencies or distortion products or something like that so
0: yeah
2: all right well, let's. Yeah. yeah, Charlie also mentioned in the chat room, you know, the benefit of the the VNA is that you also have S21. And again, if you think about that nomenclature for the S-parameters, what that means is that the S21 is the response measured on port two in response to the signal being provided by port one. So, if you connect up, say, a filter between port one and port two, or channel zero and channel one, uh, you can essentially measure the filter response okay by on port two in response to this interview being provided by port one so it's effectively doing a, a frequency response measurement uh both in magnitude and phase and that's what s21 is
0: yeah and i want to learn how to do that because uh it'd, it'd, be, it'd be neat uh, i've tried to design a few little low pass filters high pass filters things like that and uh, i assume uh that and little that little pressure, thing here with
2: things, or if you, yeah. you you design your own filters and things like that, like for you know, maybe using something for field data, notch out the guys on the other bands or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can take a look at those responses. And I've also done a video showing how you can actually use these nano VNAs to help you tune up like a duplexer for a, a like a two meter repeater, for example.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, that's interesting. Um we'll uh we'll, we'll look at your other video and we'll talk about it here in just a minute uh okay hey just just a couple of things uh technology wise uh, i saw just to mention 30 seconds did you know right now there are 18 wheelers with no drivers driving between dallas and houston did you know that i did not here i mean it is it's been written up now i mean driverless 18 wheelers Houston to Dallas that has become the test stretch for uh, all these unmanned vehicles wow man can you imagine an 18 wheeler coming down a, down a road and uh
2: no driver in it man oh man yeah just see yeah like I said I know the technology is coming a long way I just it's just so many unpredictable things you just uh, you just never know but I don't know to, to me personally I like driving. You know, I uh, I like driving. I like a manual transmission, and those those things are are are, t- are going away. But I guess uh, I guess for the rest of my lifetime, I'll hopefully have a, uh, a car that I can drive myself and and row the gears myself. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> well, technology is really man. I mean, you would never have thought this stuff back, you know, years ago, and I mean. And, you know, I found on AliExpress, you can buy just about anything out there, anything you need. Uh, I found some, uh, let's see. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Look at this, man. You want a miniature handy-talkie? Look at this. They're making them small now. No, they're uh,
1: not making them small. They're just picking them before they're full-grown.
0: I guess so, man. But look at that now. I'm just thinking, man, maybe I'll get a couple of those and put them on a balloon or something. I think it weighs a whole new it, to it weighs, and an, uh, I think the weight of that is less than thirty grams. For the whole uh, <laughs> yeah. handy talkie there, yeah, man. You can set that up with the ants, and they can give you live communication. Man, you know, it's just amazing of what is happening out there, man. We're we're really living in a good time of a uh, life right now with uh, all these things, man. I mean, you know, can, can you imagine being born back in the eighteen hundreds? And man.
1: Well, I mean, well, think about the first computer, you know, yeah. vacuum tubes. Well,
0: you know, hey, 18, 1860, what kind of technology would we have had? Did you think uh, of anything? Technology. What would we we have didn't had?
1: even have electricity back then. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, well,
1: you know, so I think I, I forget. Been mechanical, whatever it was. We had the Gatling gun yeah i yeah
0: i forget uh the uh the department that does the patents I, it seemed like around 1900 or somewhere in the the guy made a statement and said everything that can be invented has already been invented yeah, yeah they're going to close the patent uh, office yep yeah okay that, that was yeah, before clo- the
2: vacuum tube before uh <laughs> yeah that's crazy
0: yeah okay hey yeah. we've got one more uh, we got another segment that uh uh alan here is going to talk about let's get that over with real quick and then we'll uh jump into uh something else and i'll introduce you to the the new guest we've got this in the studio here with us tonight we're going to show you somebody and all of you know him but you probably don't know much go ahead uh go ahead alan let's um let's move right
2: on okay so um let me go back and share the screen with sound again here so so, for those that were looking, looking along, if you want to go back and watch this video again, it's uh, my video number 314, uh, but the other one we're going to talk about, because it's a conversation that we had, I think even a little bit uh, last week in the after show, was uh, the effects of um, uh, adding or taking away transmission line length uh, between your antenna and your transmitter. And uh, so, this video talks a bit about that. Um, It kind of talks a little bit about it on the Smith chart as well, but then also illustrates what's going on uh, on the VNA. So, let's uh, let's play this one here. In this video, we're going to take a look at what happens when we add transmission line between a transmitter and an antenna. I'll give you the answer very quickly, and then we'll actually go look at why, and actually go make some measurements and show it. But the quick three-part answer is that the SWR does not change as you add or subtract transmission line length between the transmitter and the antenna. And of course, this is assuming that the line is not part of the antenna. And many times, that's not the case. Uh, oftentimes, the shield of the coax becomes part of the counterpoise system for the antenna, so changing the line length may have some effect on SWR. but. Uh, if the line is com- completely not part of the antenna, the SWR will not change. We'll show you. Uh, the other thing I should mention here, too, this also makes the assumption that the line is lossless, which is not always the case either, because you could see a change in SWR if there was some loss in the line. Uh, but uh, I didn't mention that here, but here we go. show you why in a moment. However, the impedance looking into the line does change as you change the line length. So, you could say, how does the impedance change without the SWR change? Well, we'll take a look at this on the Smith chart, the perfect tool to look at this, and we'll show you why. Now, the other thing that uh, people get surprised at is that the apparent resonant frequencies of the antenna can move around as you add uh, or subtract line length. And, of course, that's assuming that the resonant point is not at the perfect uh, center of the Smith chart right at 50 ohms. Now remember that resonance is only defined as when the impedance is purely resistive. There's no reactive component. So that could appear, you know, it could be 40 ohm resistive, 55 ohm resistive, 100 ohm resistive, etc. All those are resonant points. But also it's important to remember that the resonant point is not always where you have the lowest SWR. So don't confuse the lowest SWR or the minimum in the SWR as being the resonant point of the antenna, because that's not always the case. Now here's a a simple plot of, say, a fictitious antenna with uh, some uh, starting line length and plotting the impedance on a Smith chart from low frequency to high frequency. And I've just highlighted three points on that chart. So let's take a look at the impedance looking into the end of a line after we add about a tenth of a wavelength of transmission line. Our assumptions here are that we're dealing with lossless line and that the line is not a significant part of the antenna. When we add or subtract transmission line, we're effectively rotating uh, impedance around the center of the Smith chart, assuming that the center of the Smith chart is equal to Z0, or the characteristic impedance of the line. So if we take our original three points and this curve of our original uh, sweep of the antenna, uh, we essentially can draw these imaginary circles uh, centered at the Z0 point for each of those points. These circles are known as constant SWR circles. As we add or subtract line length, the impedance represented by any point on the curve rotates around its own constant SWR circle. When we add line length, we rotate clockwise. We subtract line length, we rotate counterclockwise. The outer axes of the Smith chart are actually calibrated in uh length of line in wavelengths. You can see there they both show 0.25 over here. This one here is decreasing. This one here is increasing. At this end of the uh, chart, we see they're both at zero. What this indicates is one complete trip around the Smith chart is equal to a half a wavelength in line. So what that means is that if you use a transmission line that's exactly a half wavelength long at your operating frequency, the impedance looking into the line is exactly the same as the impedance looking into the antenna directly. At any other line length that is not an even half wavelength multiple, you're going to have an impedance that is not the same as the impedance looking into the line. But, as we mentioned, the SWR does not change because we're simply rotating around these constant SWR circles. So let's take our example of adding a tenth of a wavelength to the line length. So we start with point A. We can bring that out to the outer axis, add a tenth of a wavelength to, we see we're a little bit past point 0.22. We'll rotate down to a little bit past point 0.32, And that's our new point for the impedance uh, at that frequency looking into the transmission line. We do the same thing for point B. We rotate about a tenth of a wavelength out this way. And that's our new point for B. And do the same thing for point C and pick our new point for C. Now, you noticed each time I said we're rotating about a tenth of a wavelength. And the reason for that is that that transmission line is only going to be a tenth of a wavelength at one frequency. Let's say it was at frequency for A. When we go up to frequency B, the higher frequency means a shorter wavelength. So, that fixed line length is going to be electrically a little bit longer than a tenth. We go up again to a higher frequency C. That line length is going to be a little bit longer again than a tenth. So, the effect is the curve rotates around and stretches slightly because we're going to be ro- the higher frequencies are going to rotate further around the chart so you do get a slight change in the shape of the curve uh, just because the line length in terms of the number of wavelengths changes with frequency as well and again this is assuming a lossless transmission line if there were losses these circles actually start to spiral inwards and also assumes that again that the line is not a significant part of the antenna So, let's go take a look at this with the VNA and see what we're talking about. So, here's our starting point. I've got a 20-meter vertical antenna uh, hooked up through a piece of coax uh, to the VNA. Uh, We can see the SWR plot here, minimum SWR at about 14.245 megahertz. And then this is our curve of the complex impedance of that antenna sweeping from 13.7 to 14.7 megahertz. Now in my case here, the coax shield is a small portion of the counterpoise for the antenna, so you may notice a small shift in the lowest SWR point as we start adding coax length. Now I've added about 36 inches or just under 1 meter of RG8X coax, which at 14.2 megahertz represents about .056 wavelengths of line length. So you notice that our whole curve has rotated slightly clockwise around the center of the Smith chart. You'll also notice that we actually cross the center axis of the Smith chart twice. There's actually two resonant points. And again, resonance doesn't mean minimum SWR. Resonance just means that we have no reactants. I've just added a second 36 inch or about one meter long length of line. And we can see we've rotated that curve a little bit further. And again, our SWR curve has not changed. Now, this is after adding another 36-inch length of coax, and we've rotated our curve a little bit further. Again, you'll notice there's a slight change in the shape of this curve, because the line length in terms of number of wavelengths is a little different uh, for these, each of the frequencies along this curve. But you also notice, again, that the SWR plot really has not changed. So let's play each of those four scenarios out in unison. I'll just merge from one to the other, and you can visualize how this curve is rotating around. This was our starting point. This is after adding one section of 36-inch line, or about one meter of line length. This is with an additional six feet, or just under two meters, of additional coax. Now this is after adding another 36-inch length So I hope this video has taught you a little bit about what happens when you add or subtract line length between a transmitter and an antenna. Now, of course, if the antenna is perfectly matched to the transmission line, meaning its impedance equals the transmission line impedance, then the line length doesn't matter a bit. But if the antenna is not a perfect 50 ohms, it's somewhere else in complex impedance, the impedance looking into that line will change with line length, but the SWR will not, provided that the line itself is not part of the antenna system. So again, I hope you learned something. If you liked the video, alrighty. So, uh, kind of interesting topic. Um, you know, one question I just see from Earl is, uh, "What is the optimum length of coax?" And the answer is probably the the shortest that you need to get from your transmitter to your antenna because that's going to minimize loss. Uh, the, again, the rea- assuming again that the uh, the coax itself is not intended to be a, a part of the antenna, but just purely as a transmission line, so you just want to make it as short as possible to minimize loss. Um, it, the One of the magic frequency or magical lengths, if you will, is to have it to be a, an even multiple of half-wavelengths, or I should say a multiple of half-wavelengths, right? So it's a half-wavelength long, or uh, one wavelength long or one and a half wavelengths long. In that particular case, at that particular frequency, the impedance looking into the coax will equal the impedance looking into the antenna. At all other lengths, you're going to be somewhere else in impedance, but the SWR is still the same, okay? And what you may find sometimes is that some tuners, whether they're automatic tuners that are built into the radio or a separate automatic tuner, um, it might be rated to be able to tune up to a 3 to 1 SWR, right? But it may have a better, it might do better if the SWR, if that impedance is not very inductive or very capacitive. Basically, it might do better at certain portions of that constant SWR circle than others. So, by adding or subtracting a length of coax, you may rotate around, change the complex impedance without changing the SWR to a point where the tuner has an easier job of, of making the adjustment. So, sometimes adding or subtracting line length can actually aid in tuner operation, even though it isn't really changing the SWR. So it just is, it's just changing the impedance that's being seen. Because the reality is, is that for any given SWR, there's an infinite combination of uh, complex impedance, res- resistive and reactive components that can result in that same SWR. Uh, but, n- you know, not all tuners are created equal in being able to equally tune from a, a given impedance on that circle uh, to your perfect 50 ohm point so um so that's usually one of the things that people say well you always want it to be a quarter wavelength long or an odd quarter wavelength or an even quarter wavelength or a half wavelength long and all that really does is is you know ensures that you're maybe mirroring the intended impedance at the uh, at the transmitter end but that doesn't necessarily make it uh better or worse it just makes it it just it just kind of describes that fact now if you the nice thing is that if you use a on uh, and a half wavelength long, and actually measure the impedance, you know, at the transmit point, then you know that's the same impedance that you see at the, at the antenna. So if you design a matching network and you're placing that matching network at the antenna, then the feed line will ne- will have a, an ideal, you know, close to one-to-one SWR, you know, minimize losses. So it's kind of a handy thing from that standpoint if you're going to design a matching network and place it at the antenna feed point. So, uh, so anyway, I hope that's a, that's a kind of a long answer to your short question, but hopefully that that helps out a little bit.
0: I think you mentioned in there that maximum power might not be at minimum SWR. Is that right?
2: Well, what I mentioned is that the the minimum SWR isn't always at the resonant point.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so because uh, again, all that resonance means is that the reaction the reactance goes to zero. So, as I said, we saw in that in that case there was one at one length of line the SWR, or the, the curve on the Smith chart, cross through the x-axis, right? The center diameter, if you will, of the Smith chart is actually the um, is actually the point that is zero reactants, that, that center point within the Smith chart. So any point along that is a resonant point because you have no reactants, no capacitive or inductive component. But that react, that uh, resonant point isn't always where... The SWR is minimum, right? The SWR is minimum wherever that, that curve on the Smith chart gets closest to the center of the chart. So minimum SWR and resonance don't always occur at the same time. In fact, most of the times they don't.
0: Well, maybe uh, here one day we can talk about that, that, that question that I said, uh, uh, max power, minimum SWR, and so forth. I'm going to be ordering me, I think, a uh, RF amp meter. Mm-hmm. I want to put an RF amp meter in, in the uh, my line here, you know, right past my SWR meter. And uh, I want to start using it and see and tuning it and see how it compares with the SWR. I think there's going to be a little bit of difference there. I'm not sure what causes it. There's so many things that you explained. There's so many things that can cause... Things to look different,
2: yeah. You know? Yeah, oftentimes the coax, even unintended, you know, maybe the shield will be a little bit part of the of the counterpoise or something like that. So, by changing the coax length, you are going to change SWR because you're changing the effective antenna system. But in cases where you know the the at uh, the ideal case where the feed line is not a part of the antenna, then you the the SWR is not going to be a function of line length. So um, but if it is, then then other things, addressing the coax, where it goes, what it goes near, might also affect uh, the lowest SWR. So a lot of other issues can pop up when you see that. And sometimes the easiest way to tell whether the coax shield, for example, is part of the counterpoise system or is becoming part of the antenna is to make a measurement and simply go grab the coax with your hands and make it, make the measurement again. If the measurement changes. Then the likelihood is that you do have some uh, some shield current flowing on the outside of the shield that's becoming part of the the, the antenna system. All right. Well, look. Let's uh,
0: let's take a quick break here, and um, if people have questions, they can communicate with you in a chat room, and we'll be back sure. in just a couple minutes. All right. Didn't get everything on your holiday list. Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52A handheld. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual bander with DSTAR and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and DSTAR simplex and worldwide calls over the DSTAR internet gateway. The ID 52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 through 148 and 440 through 450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver, including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging and it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. And uh, I want you to meet... Probably many of you guys know this person. Uh, Come on in here, person, and uh, say hello to everybody. So probably everyone knows Hambot. Hambot's been with us a long time. I don't know how long Hambot's been with us, Maybe six or seven years years—it's been a long time hambot started with us when hambot was really young and uh like a little kid and he just stuck with us and uh he started learning about the show and he took a more and more and more responsibility and uh we're going to talk a little tonight we're going to give you a little demo of what hambot is and what hambot can do and then hambot's going to give out a prize to somebody on the show here tonight so uh Let's see, I'm trying to think how to get this started here. Um, let me just mention that uh, HamBot uh, uh, has really... Well, hey, let me let me step back a minute. I wanted to make just a quick announcement, and I didn't make it while I go I wish I'd made it before we started here. Hey, everybody, welcome. Bill back, Bill Brown, W-B-A-E-L-K. Bill's in the chat room tonight. Uh, Bill's been up in Ohio with his father for the last couple months. Uh, his dad... Uh, recently passed away uh last week and uh uh bill is uh attending to you know everything up there and he will be coming home here uh soon so just want to say welcome back bill uh we're glad to have you back and uh sorry to hear the news about uh about your dad up here 93 years old and he was a ham uh, he's actually been on his show before and we've talked to him here a veteran and a ham and uh, a great guy and that was uh bill's bill's dead all right let's get back to hambot here real quick and uh let's talk a little about hambot we're going to demo hambot and tell you what it's going to do let me see if i can bring hambot into the screen here uh mm. well all right i gotta find i got to find the camera shot for HamBot. Mm. I will find it. Everybody just stick with me for a minute. Kathy, will you go ahead and bring HamBot up on the screen? Is it up? Okay. I'm looking for it here. I don't see it. I'll find it. Actually, maybe I'm not. Okay, let me check and make sure, uh, let me make sure that HamBot, everything is running over here. All right, just uh, let me check one more thing here. We'll have, uh, we'll see if we can get HamBot running here. I've got so many different camera shots here, so... uh, interesting you see what handbot looks like okay i got it yeah stand by we will oh here it is right here here he is right here okay so what you're looking at here is uh software that, that was developed in-house uh by uh, some of our team members here and uh one of our admins and uh, has done a great job with handbot and uh, Kathy is across the room there with uh, HamBot, and she's going to kind of go through uh, some of the um, uh, steps and let you see what HamBot can do here. Um, this, uh, this program actually does the work of about four people. We really could not work in our environment today without HamBot, especially when we give out prizes at places like HamVinchin where we might give out about ten thousand dollars in prizes and i mean it nonstop give out prizes and call names and uh and you can imagine uh if you're having to do all this on paper and record uh people's names that win and so forth and the time it's just it's just uh it's amazing what he does so um where are we going to start kathy where are we going to start you uh you want to help us here get started
5: once Tom solicits prizes from the donors uh, we have to put them on the web page and then we also have to put them in handbot um, there's a way that I can go into the prize sheet and I can list a prize here you can see where I can put the donor if there's shipping restrictions I can note it there and the description of the prize and so I add all of the prizes there then when I get through with the prizes and we're ready to award a prize, we go to this screen. And this screen tells me all of the people that are logged into the chat room. And of course, to be eligible for prize, you've got to be logged into the chat room. Uh, this is uh, some of the chat contents that I can read. And when I get ready to do a prize, I'm going to press Start Prizes. And this is just to let everybody know we're getting ready to start a prize. And we would like for people to refrain from chatting while we're doing a prize. And the reason is that it's hard for people to see if the prize has been awarded or if we're still waiting. So if people would just, you know, stay quiet during the chat, we would appreciate it.
0: So, Kathy, let me ask a question. Is HamBot connected to IRC right now? Yes, HamBot
5: is connected.
0: So, okay, I'm seeing in a chat room where HamBot said it's time for a prize or or whatever. Okay, I'm sorry, go right ahead. You're doing great.
5: Okay, so then once the uh, chat room is quiet, we're going to pick a prize. So I'll go over here, and I'll click on a demo prize. And on this prize, we're going to go ahead and try to award it, but Tom would like for everyone to just... Not accept it. He just he wants everybody to see what's going to happen if no one claims it. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to click on pick a winner.
0: All right. Now, okay. whoever we pick, do not, please, if you're listening, do not claim the prize. This is a fake prize. Do not claim it. We want to demo here how Hambot is going to count down, and he's going to keep reminding you that you won, and then at the end of the countdown, he's going to say you didn't win. So please do not answer Hambot, but go ahead, Hambot.
5: Okay. This is the winner up here. You can see where my cursor is. Oh it's so Mike. once I once that comes up, I start the countdown and we have sixty seconds in the countdown. And Hambot will announce the winner's name and tell them to respond in the chat room. All you have to do is just say here anything.
0: And HamBot is going to remind you about every five or ten seconds that he's looking for you. Oh, Mike said he's here. Okay, that's all right.
5: Okay. All right, so we have a winner there. And when there's a winner, I can click on winner information. And because Mike is a ham, his information is extracted from QRZ. I have Mike's address here. I have the date and the time that he won the prize. And this is where the prize is going to be sent to. In this case, the street address did not come through right here. But we will look it up, and I like to confirm it also. So that's why over here in the chat room, it tells you that you need to send a private message to Kathy listing the name of the prize, the call, mailing address, and email address. And if you would just stay logged in until I acknowledge that I've gotten your information, that would be great. Okay, so that's the winner on that one. Uh, We're going to do another one.
0: All right, we're going to do another prize. You can let this one run out. Just don't accept it. Uh, If if you're hearing me, don't accept it. But uh, if you do, it's okay.
1: Okay, don't accept start. it. Don't say nothing. Don't type. Just yeah, just but it's, there, it's, it's, if,
0: if you do, you do. You know, that's not a big deal.
5: Okay. Now I'm going to go ahead and pick the winner. Okay, here's the winner up here in this corner. And I'm going to start the countdown. And this is great that we've got the time here because this is the official. A lot of times there's a lag between the, uh, the audio and the video. But this is the official right here.
0: Yeah, one of the things, uh, one of the things that, that Kathy said there that I want to emphasize is because there's upwards of a twenty or thirty second delay on the video versus the chat room, everything is is uh, uh, measured by the chat room, uh, the, the start time, the end time, everything is in the chat room because it's the most real time. We don't use the video and. know people used to argue with us all the time you know hey i got in or you know there was a delay i couldn't get in and they would argue with me and i would always give in and give them the prize well that doesn't happen anymore because now you have to argue with hambot and you cannot win the argument with hambot so we're down to a couple seconds hambot's going to say that uh you know sorry uh you know kc3 sin did not win or did not respond in time and so M-Bot's gonna draw another name. Hambot, why don't you go ahead and draw another name and let somebody claim it this time? You can claim it this time. Let's. Well, wait. You don't have another. One. Yeah, you can do that one again mm-hmm. because no one, no one uh, claimed it. So here we go. We got 60 seconds, and we're looking for uh, W A four Y Y M. That's uh, that's Papa Doc. That's Papa Doc over in Tennessee. Uh, uh, let's see if Papa Doc is listening there.
1: You notice that even on the free trials, I still don't win. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: I don't know if Papa Doc is paying attention. W a four y y m. And see, but with me announcing it here, with me announcing it, it's not in sync with the chat room. The chat room is the boss here. Okay.
1: Yeah, there he is. He got it.
0: Yeah, okay, Don. Uh, Don claimed it. So once you claim it, uh, Hambot knows you claimed it. Now. Think of this: when we're up at Dayton, and we've had uh, we've had thousands of people in the chat room over the the days we were up there, and we we ask people to when we're giving prizes, we ask people not to chat, to be quiet. And most people either they they don't pay attention, or maybe they come in late and they don't hear the announcement. So you've got the chat room buzzing. You've got thousands of people in the chat room is buzzing, and we're trying to give away a prize. And what happens is your eye is not quick enough to see if a person claims a prize. You know, he's in, he's in the middle of hundreds of lines, and it's going fast. But Hambot knows if you hit the inner key, Hambot knows that you're there and can pick you out. So that's another great advantage of Hambot. All right. what else we get? what else we're we going to show here we've got a database we've got the database in here where we we can put the prize we do put the prizes in ahead of time and some vendors say they want the prizes for uh, us only some vendors say we can do them internationally so uh, the, the database actually is marked uh, us only or international and it knows when it picks a name pretty much uh, it's it's pretty good at at uh, narrowing it down to the right people Uh, just in case we get someone by accident that is not in the U.S. or international uh, we try to let everybody know up front that you know this prize would be for uh, U.S. only now we do have some international people that do win a U.S. prize and that is if they have a U.S. address if they have a U.S. address, we don't mind giving that prize to them because the, the uh, vendor or the donor there is going to you know pay the same for shipping. What else we got?
5: Uh, also, there's a duplicate finder. Uh, sometimes people will log in maybe on a phone, a laptop, and a desktop and try to have an advantage. But there's a way that this program will check for duplicates. Let me see if there's a duplicate in there tonight. Yeah, all the guests are in there as duplicates. There's nothing we can do about that. Uh but if I see someone like uh like Tom, I can put a check mark on it and say exclude Tom from winning something.
0: Now Kathy and I are already excluded in the software. Yes. We cannot win a prize when we give it out. Hambot knows not to give it to us. Uh, We do allow our admins out there to receive or be eligible to receive a prize. They work really hard for us, and they get nothing in return. And uh, occasionally they win a prize. Let's see. I
5: want to show something else. Uh,
2: To
0: claim a prize, to claim a prize, Hambot just says, are you here? And to claim a prize, all you have to do is say here. Here or hit a period if you if you type anything and hit the enter key a HamBot will see you and know that you're there and if you do that within 60 seconds you will be awarded the prize and we're going to give away a real prize tonight in just a couple minutes
5: also there's a way that uh, that I can tell the winner that I didn't receive any information from them I can highlight the name and then tell them that I need information well, here it is. These are the two people that won the first two prizes, Don and Mike.
0: So Hambot has sent a message to Don and Mike there saying, please send a private message uh, confirming to, uh, to Kathy.
5: Yes. Hambot did not send the message out to them. He put it in the chat room. Uh, Hambot cannot accept or send private messages.
0: You know, we had, and and it's really important that we make sure we know where to send the prize to. Uh, I had a person win a prize one time. No address. No address. And, uh, oh, it took me about a month and a half to run him down. I found him at a TV station in Colorado Springs, but I did a lot of searching on the Internet. And, guys, let me tell you, uh, when you give out as many prizes as we do, like at Hamvention or something, this is real time consuming, and just, just the, uh, the uh, task of getting prizes donated, uh, contacting all the vendors, and getting about 20 or 30, 40 prizes donated uh, takes days. It takes a lot of days, and then we have to put all those prizes into our web page. That takes some time. Uh, Kathy has to get them all into Hambot, that takes time. Uh, HamBot does an amazing job of picking names and counting the time and uh, rejecting people and sorting people from international to domestic to all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, when we come home from Hamvention, for example, we have about three more days of work because then we have to notify every vendor out there of what prize you won and arrange for them to send it to you. Now, uh i don't you know i don't want to be a middleman, so i've arranged it where prizes do not come to me uh occasionally one prize or two prizes may be sent to me and i wish they were not because then i have to turn around and pay the shipping and ship them out to someone uh so uh you know our arrangements with the vendors are i'll provide you the winner's names and you ship and that way it keeps me out of the middle and you know, I don't have any extra, uh, any extra ham gear to play with.
5: And they can get it quicker, also.
0: They can get it quicker. All right. What else can Hambot? There's a lot more things handbot can do here that that uh, we're probably not going to mention here.
5: Yeah. Uh, um, handbot will also uh, create a, a spreadsheet for me. I can uh, download it in a CVS format and uh, use that. So that's been very helpful as well. We didn't used to have that in the beginning, so that's been a big addition. All now, right. Are we going to give away a prize today? Yeah,
0: we will in just a minute. So hey, let's run. Let's have Hambot run his little his little thing and and say we're going to give a prize away. And then, okay, guys, so we're fixing to do a real prize. So get ready to claim it. Watch for Hambot to call your name. All you have to do is say here or a period and enter. Just say something. Uh, so we're getting ready to do it. Everybody just try not to talk much while HamBot is looking for the winner. We appreciate it. So um, HamBot's going to give a prize away. All right. So let's see. Oh boy, I lost my place again. Here we go. All right, we're back. Okay, Hambot. Um, maybe we should we. I got an echo. I got the echo here. All right, so Hambot is going to try to pick a person here. We're going to leave the screen up, or do we want to take the screen off? No, you can leave it up. We're not going to show any trade secrets, are we? No. Okay, we're going to leave the screen up, and we're going to run through here, and Hambot's going to pick somebody.
5: Are you going to show them the price? Oh,
0: oh, oh, yeah, I will. I will. We're going to show the prize. And then on HamBot, it's going to show. It's going to pick somebody. Here we go, guys. This is a multimeter. Man, this is a, oh, man, this is like a, I don't know, seven function multimeter, digital multimeter. You recognize this? This is Harbor Freight. This is some good stuff, man. You can throw this in your trunk of your car. Don't worry about hurting it. Just throw it in the trunk of your car, and you'll always have it there. And uh, we'll ship this out to the winner here. We'll get try to get it in the mail tomorrow. And uh, let's see. We're going to make this a U.S. only, I think, right? And we you make know, that those up? things did are we, pretty good. Do we make this a U.S. only?
5: Well, let's check.
0: We're going to check and see if we made it a U.S. only uh, yes. because I don't want to pay the shipping on this to uh, Iran or somewhere. You know? Yeah, uh,
5: it's set up for yeah. us, U.S. only.
0: All right, so we're set up for U.S. only. So Hambot, uh, go go ahead and let's
1: let's uh, pick that a winner. That means that Charlie can't win. Well, yeah, poor Charlie. But uh, you know, those are actually fairly accurate. I they mean, are. I matched it up with my fluke, and I, it was dead on.
0: Yep, I, I, I uh, compared I mean, my may fluke be, with it.
1: Maybe inexpensive, but it's quite
0: good. All right, so Hambot announced that it's time for a prize. Let's we'll see what happens here. And it uh, looks like he's picked. Uh, He's, he's picked uh, looks like n7 xgr that's so i know him that's bruce look at there he claimed it he claimed it in record time mm-hmm. he just put his call letters in there uh M-Bot recognized that bruce is there uh and congratulations you're the winner and uh hey man all i can say is congratulations so Very wow cool. Wow, that was a fast claim. We've had some people—I don't know—we've had some people that actually claim the prize like within a millisecond, as soon as a hambot announces it. Man, it's like millisecond. And you know what? We can give something way like a five hundred dollar comet antenna analyzer, and we may have to go through five or six people before we get a winner because people are just—they don't answer. I don't know. Well, they
5: may not want the prize. Also, well,
0: I think I'd want that prize. But hey, hey guys! If you ever uh, are, are offered a prize on here, and if if it's a prize you don't want or you already have it, uh, l- try to let us know uh, before we do the prize. That way, it stays in our queue here, and we can just have uh, handbot pick another name. So,
5: or if a handbot calls their name, they just don't respond.
0: Yeah, or don't yeah, or that don't would respond. Be the don't don't respond. That's that's what yeah. to do because when you respond. It takes Hambot out of the available prizes and puts it into a not available prize, and then if you don't want it, then it's work for us to put it back over in. So you can see Hambot is an amazing guy here. Hambot is doing a lot of work. Is there anything else that we we want to mention about Hambot? Hambot has been in the works uh, probably. I don't know six seven years maybe eight years i don't know time flies but uh
1: you had him ever since i've known you
0: hambot has but he has grown and uh since it's been a it's been a constant development of hambot over over those years and uh and uh one of the main players the main player in helping develop or i would say uh, the, the our our main developer in hambot is is tim and tim's in uh, in zoom here I don't think he has a camera, but Tim's in Zoom. Tim, is there anything we missed to talk about HamBot here? You may be muted, Tim. And Tim may not be listening.
5: Oh, I want to mention one more thing. Um, Someone who won a prize tonight, that N7XGR. That's Bruce. Yeah, Bruce won a prize, and he sent a message in the chat room saying, my address is good in QRZ. We no longer use QRZ addresses. Uh, We have found that a lot of people don't keep those updated. Uh, But it does help me. I can cross-reference that if if I have other information. So instead of just telling me your address is good in QRZ, send a private message to me. Now, I'm not logged in tonight because we're not at an event. Um, but if I were logged in, you would see my name in the chat room just like everyone else, and you could send me a private message.
0: You know, I I didn't think about that, but there are many addresses on QRZ that are the wrong address. People might not update it and so forth, so it is good to confirm uh, the address, you know, even though we have one. If we don't hear from you, we may send it. We may send it there, uh, you know, and oh, man. So we try our best to get it out to you, and uh, we'll get them out pretty quick after that. What else we got there, Hambot? Anything else we're missing? Oh,
5: there's a lot of things it'll do. I haven't <laughs> talked about everything, but this is the main things that uh, that people are interested in. And we've had people like Teresa and Glenn and uh, Katie. A lot of the people have actually seen Hambot in motion, and it's they've been really amazed at it. Yeah, uh, We actually had uh, the astronaut, Doug Wheelock, he helped give away some prizes.
0: Yeah, I think Doug was uh, kind of intrigued with it. And uh, and also, some of the vendors that are actually with us that are, have donated prizes, we'll uh, have them sit down with us and watch Hambot go through the steps as we give their prize away. So, there you go, guys. That's Hambot. Tim, are you there? Did, did, did you wake up, Tim?
6: yeah i think
0: i finally got it (laughs) all right man well hey man we we showing off some of your work here man and uh you've you've done a great job here with uh and uh we uh, really appreciate all the work and and all the help that you've been with us all these years and uh i think anybody looking at this software package here is is kind of overwhelmed or amazed at all the things we do we didn't we probably didn't hit on about 20 percent of all the things that he does um and uh, it's, it, it, it's been great, man. And like I say, it, it 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 does the work for about three or four people. Uh, I used to pull my hair out before we had this, and I was at Dayton or somewhere trying to get prizes away. I, I, I was pulling my hair out, man, trying to write this stuff down on paper and everything. Wow. All right. Well, I'm yeah. just glad it worked out for you. What was that, Tim?
6: I said, I'm just glad that it
0: worked out yeah i am too and you know uh it seems like every every year uh hambot as hambot ages he gets a little better and he looks a little better and uh uh i think we are the only podcast people that have anything of this magnitude here to give you know you know i'm on youtube you can get a random name picker or, uh, you know we tried that once a net random name picker and you can pick a name but Nobody has what Hambot does and we are so proud of Hambot. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, I see Bill's in here, Bill. Welcome back, man. We're glad to have you. I guess you're still up in Ohio. Aren't you, Bill?
7: Yeah, I sure am. Um, for another few days. And, uh, coming back this weekend i'm just going through why. my dad's world war ii radio man he's a radio man in the navy in world war ii i just found this in i wonder why yeah, did did one, one second it's, one second one second
0: i don't, I don't know why it's stuck on uh, uh alan here we we're talking but it's not it's not
7: changing but it's not going, going to me yeah there there you go did it go yeah well, so it, go- it, all this World War II memorabilia are on a cigar box. That's what you store stuff in that, yeah. for long-term storage, particularly electronics things. I just found this. What is it? It's a receipt, 1945, for perfume.
0: must oh, have yeah? been a hot date. Oh, man. Yeah.
7: But this is the coolest thing. He, he did... Um, he was a teletype operator, and, and, and in addition to CW, and this is a Bado tape. Yeah. And uh, five Wait, hold,
0: hold it. I'm looking at you on the little picture. You still haven't. You still have not got to the big picture yet. Now is that Bado? Yeah. Is that is that five level?
7: Five level Bado. Okay. It's Got a, a letters command. Everything after the letters yep. figure. The letters command is a letter. Then there's a figures command. And everything after that is a number or special character. So there that's go. how they wow. did it. And so this runs through the teletype machine and sends it out. Well,
0: you know, Bill, I uh, I cut and my this teeth. this is
7: a long message. I thought this was going to be, yeah. you know, a secret code for yeah. the, uh, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. So I hand decoded this the other night. Oh, wow. Letter oh, wow. by letter, number by number. Yeah. Each one of these five each row is, is one a character. character.
0: Yep. Yeah.
7: And you can find how to decode these on the internet. Uh, but uh, each one of these is a letter or, or a command for a letter or a shift or carriage return. And so I read this long tape, I decoded part of it. It says KP duty at the officers club at 9 p.m. Oh. And then it said, "Now is the time to come to all for all good men to come to the aid of their country."
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that was a test that we did. Bill, I cut That'll my teeth. Tested. I I, uh, I cut my teeth on it. You know, when I went in the Air Force in 1969, they made me a teletype repairman. So yeah. I cut my teeth on that, and I can tell you right now, I can I can read two letters on that right near uh, The the two and a four is an R, yeah. and a one three and five one three and five is a Y. And that's what we would use to test uh, a teletype machine. ry. Oh, yeah. 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 And a the quick brown fox uh, jumped over the lazy dog's back, you know.
7: So, uh, yeah. anyways, this, uh, um, I haven't gone past the, now is the time to come to the, for all good men to come to, the, to their country. Because I figured after that, that's where the secret, you know, of where. Yeah,
1: that's where the nuclear launch codes are.
7: That's where the yeah. codes are, right after that message. So I'm going to get to that uh, later tonight and uh, and decode the... And it's probably going to tell us where the Roswell aliens are are stored.
0: Yeah, to- there you go. Yeah, it might, man. It, it might do it. <laughs> All
1: right. But you know, back in the day for hams, you know, those of us that did really, having a punch was, you know, that was the height of the... You know, that was on top of the mountain. You were the big dog if you had a punch and a reader.
7: We we had one at Ohio State when yeah. I was in college there at W8LT. We were in the uh, bell tower of the Ohio State uh, football stadium. We had a 600-foot long wire that went, and it was 120 feet above the ground. It went over to the smokestack of the power plant next to the stadium. And, boy, we would get out. So I, I had a BC610. Ever see one of those big amp? Yeah, yeah fire that up but we didn't need any heaters in the ham shack at the <laughs> Iowa state club we just turned that thing on and um it would heat up the ham shack pretty quick but we ran teletype uh, model 19 and we had the tape we would send pictures through ascii characters
0: yeah which yeah.
7: is now a lost art but then uh, yeah. uh, we used tape like this we had a little tape punch and we'd run our pictures through through this tape machine so those are the fun, and if anybody wants a couple of rolls of Western Union teletype paper, <laughs> probably from World War II, uh, I have a couple of rolls of it. Oh, that's amazing! You know, uh, you
0: know, uh, Bill. When I got out of the Air Force, I was uh, I was home three days, and, I, and in the paper under jobs wanted or jobs, there was a there was a job for teletype repairman. It was Western Union. And I went to work for Western Union in Memphis. And it was a union, for sure, because after one year, the union didn't, I was low man on a totem pole, you know. So, but anyway, I used to have a lot of that tape and stuff, too, that you're talking about. In fact, we had some, it was probably before my time, we were phasing it out, but Western Union had some fax machines. They had a little drum, a little roller on them. Yeah. And uh, I got a bunch of those. I had a, I got a pickup truckload of those, and I traded them. I traded them to a ham friend here for my first two meter radio.
7: Very neat.
0: Yeah. Well, we're so glad to have you back, Bill. And uh, uh,
7: hope, yeah, I've been uh, up in Ohio now yeah. for two uh, months, going through all the stuff and. In- dad's barn and hawk and his house and yep. you know, i have to do the apartment uh, I, know but, a, so.
0: I know it's a big job there uh,
7: yeah, but I, I found his world war ii navy uniform still packed in a duffel bag neatly wrapped wow. up and everything well so there were a lot of prizes and yeah there, really. yeah a lot of neat stuff
0: i uh, i i've got a duffel bag with my stuff in it of course it's 50 years old it ain't far past you know world war ii but uh uh, no moths have got in there yet, so hopefully uh, his uniform is in good shape.
7: It was actually. At, uh, we have his dress uniform and navy yeah. hats and the little insignia that they put on, the little uh, anchor. Yeah. And so it was a lot of cool stuff we found.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm going to put. I
7: found uh, a bunch of color computers the Cocoa One, Two, and Three. I had all those in the barn. And I have uh, Apple II with gaming station and two disk drives, Ooh. joysticks, all specially modified for games. Uh, that one I got from Steve Jobs directly when I was out there because I knew Steve Jobs. And uh, that was a really cool find. Yeah. I didn't find his signature, though. Somewhere I have a, a manual, Apple II manual with Steve Jobs' signature on it. All right. <laughs> <But, laughs> One of those sold recently for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Is that yeah. right? I mean, that, that was, was really the things I was really looking for. Oh, but I didn't uh, find it.
0: All right. Here's a Charlie joined us here. Hi,
7: Charlie. Uh,
3: Charlie,
0: yeah. how, are, <laughs> how are things done in Uruguay?
3: It's raining. Uh, it Rain. rained uh, last night, the night before last night. It it flooded a, a, a big part of the city. Um, the it rained like the the amount it drains in one and a half month in one night. So it rained a lot. Alright. Uh, a very dry couple of months that were really, really uh, worrying for the agriculture, you know. And it finally rained, but it rained all at once. So I don't know. Uh, I, I it didn't it didn't um, affect me, but uh, many people in the city got affected by the floods too. So. I don't, uh-huh. But no, nothing to worry.
0: Uh, it's not worst well, things right. happen. All right. Well, I don't know who broke my Zoom, but I can't get it to go full screen here anymore. So probably something. Are like you to, uh, on
7: uh, high ground there, Charlie? Or are you on?
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Pretty. Pretty high. Uh, there were some problems with the drain of. Uh, it's a five-story building. And in the first floor, no not not uh the we call it first floor is the it's it's not the base. It's not the base is the, the first second floor. floor for you, I think. You know? Yeah, it's the our first second floor for you is when at, at street level, right? Ground floor. So, Gr- you have ground floor and then floor one. Floor one, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh there was some problems with the with the rain uh drain there, so some water got into some a couple of houses. But but the rest of the building nothing and and, and streetwise there is a, the street goes uh, uh, has a uh, it, it's not flat has a um, pendiente how do you call it it's
2: a it's in, <laughs> yeah oh hey, uh, wow. so, we you know, hey, hey
0: I, for, on, I, I forgot to announce I home. forgot to announce that we're now going to, to the show is over guys but we're going oh. to the show after the show. So this is a show after the show right now so this is a new show and we talk about just about anything
2: yeah charlie we had uh, we had that problem uh, back in august when the remnants of hurricane ida came through here and we had about 10 inches or about 25 centimeters of rain in about eight hours and that, yeah. then it caused all kinds of flooding here so within about a, a, a half a block from my house
3: so I, I, oh, I remember, yes, I remember the the yes, the images you showed yeah. Yes.
7: Yeah. I, I uh, chose a mountain to live on for two reasons One, it's great for RF And two, everything flows downhill from my place So <laughs> I don't want to have to worry about flooding
2: yeah, Not, th- I live not on on many a- mountains in central New Jersey
1: <laughs> I live on a small hill So I've got enough time to build my own ark if I need to that,
2: There you go
7: But it's kind of like having a 500-foot-tall antenna. Oh, yeah. Great. You know, I'm right on the edge of a cliff, and um, my tower is only 10-foot tall, but it's really 510-foot tall. So it's easy to work on the uh, on the antennas, and I still get out <laughs> great. Yeah. You know, I can actually uh, talk to Memphis from my location, 230 miles away, uh, just about any time on 2-meter side, sideband.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, that's at that altitude and it's all flat from there to here.
7: Yeah, I got a great shot towards Memphis. They used to have a a two-meter sideband net that sometimes it was uh, the net control was from Memphis, and I could hear them here easily.
1: Yeah, that's I always keep wanting to play on two and six meters and just don't have the time i'm like hurry up and retire so i'll have some time <laughs> you know we, we just had the i had a basically a, a three-day weekend and went back to work today and it, you know as i'm getting out to the car i'm sitting here thinking why am i doing this <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
7: Well, Glenn, when I um, I was semi-retired, when uh, I got the call from NASA, and so I went in for the interview, and I they asked me your retirement age, uh, how long do you plan to work? We want somebody to work for the full duration of the Moon program, and so I said, well, I plan to retire on Mars, and working here is the way to make that
2: happen. Mm. <laughs> that's cool. Glenn, they that's they yeah. probably hire me. <laughs> Folks, I need to jump out. I got need to go uh, walk the dog okay. and get up for work in the morning. So good to see everybody. And yeah, uh, Bye, Alan. Hopefully we'll make it in next week.
0: Take well, care. We'll see you. Take see care, you man. Thanks. Good night. Well, Bill, I don't know if you saw. We launched uh, an SBS balloon oh. here about a week ago. And it, just like the two before it, man, it disappeared at 42,000. That's all I can say
7: now where was it over central north central Mississippi when it came down? uh yeah, yeah, so you didn't get any reading was that you didn't get any readings after it hit?
0: Nope uh, nope it it, it was I, I knew right when it was starting to super pressure. It, you know we were just just hitting about 42 and uh, I, and then hey, never heard from it again.
7: Never. That's probably came down pretty fast. Oh yeah, yeah. Term- terminal that. velocity, I'm sure, man.
0: 172 uh-huh. feet per second. It would hit the ground in 245 seconds, and that's only about four minutes, man. We only send a report every ten, so. All right, All right. Key. So anyway, we're gonna go. We're, hey, I I need to join Balloon Anonymous. I mean, yeah, I'm looking for, <laughs> I'm looking for, a you know, a, a place around here close where I can go. Cause each time I say, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. And then, and then after it, it disappears, later,
1: later he's doing it again.
0: After it disappears, I say, okay, <laughs> I, I'm not going to let that demon up there. at 42 mess me up. I'm going to, in fact, I've got another one almost built right now. I got, I had to wait on another GPS module and, a. uh, uh, uh uh, uh, an oscillator, but uh I, I would how many, think. How many
1: more chips do you have, Tom?
0: Well, oh, I don't know. I just I just got in fifteen GPS chips.
1: Well, I, I mean,
0: still, the the CPU chips. The CPU. I, the CPU, I, I probably CPU CPU have about. I probably have fifteen.
1: You know, let's see. Well, well
7: then, uh, let's see what we. They're got. gold.
1: Yeah, you're cool. you're gonna have to use up those fifteen before you can. Try to quit again well you know what uh i uh, use
7: up those 15 and then you'll have to quit
0: (laughs) well you know i finally got some in after waiting about three or four months i actually ran out of them and uh uh i'm trying to add people here let's see
7: mute let's see when uh, I looked earlier, they said March would be the first delivery date for those.
0: I got some in about three weeks ago. I got about oh, did? ten or fifteen in about three weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I had to check
7: in. DigiKey. Did you get it from DigiKey or no? Or, I got it. It oh, came oh, out. It came from
0: AliExpress.
7: AliExpress.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hey, I, Bill, when you get back, I want to talk to you. I've got some eight. Is it eight? tgm or agtm 336hs
7: that's, that, uh, that's the uh, inexpensive uh, yeah GPS that's, that's the
0: gps and uh, yeah. uh, uh, michael and some of them are telling me that it's an exact drop-in you know it's the same footprint same drop-in Pretty much. And,
7: and,
0: and they're 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 only about eight bucks a piece versus about 20 $2 well, a
7: I just got uh, through surplus. I got a hundred of the u Box Max Eights
0: oh, for eleven
7: bucks a piece. Well, and that's the brand new and the shrink wrap and everything. One hundred of them on a reel.
0: Well, that's good if you can get them at that price. But I can't buy a hundred of them. I mean, that hey, that's a thousand bucks. Twenty-five
7: bucks a piece yep. uh, through DigiKey, but you can't buy on DigiKey right now, so.
0: Well, no. Hey, I just bought. Uh, I bought two from DigiKey uh, this week. I ordered them. Uh,
7: well, they must have gotten a uh, shipment in. Because yeah, I, I ordered them a month or two uh, ago because they didn't have a delivery date.
0: Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid to try to put one of those 336s on here because it may not work. yeah that's where I'm gonna need your help to t- see if there's any code change. Maybe it'll work without it. I don't know. But so I went ahead and ordered two more of the U uh, blocks and. They were here. They were here in three days, you know, from DigiKey. That's pretty good if they've yeah. got it.
7: Uh, they have some in stock now. Yeah, yeah. Back in the fall, you couldn't get anything. Right. Uh, I'm going to look on DigiKey here and see if the Atmel chips, what their date is showing on those.
0: Yeah, I the think they were out here, of those. Yeah. They, they 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 were out of those for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. The big shortage for me is cat food. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, Chewy's been out of stock on several of the, the cat foods that I use for the kids, and so they've they've been several weeks late. Wow. Uh, yeah, fortunately, I've got enough on hand, but it's you know getting to the point where you have to kind of hunt and, and dig through the various uh, places to find the the specialty foods.
7: I had a shortage of Rice Krispies. I couldn't find them anywhere.
1: Oh, what? I, I, I got the last package of ground beef at Sam's the other day.
7: <laughs> we we had to order them through Amazon at twice the price to get a, a box of Rice Krispies.
0: That's insane. Hey guys, I've got, I've got i got a oh, got right.
6: a Walmart Walmart up there in 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 uh, what is it?
7: Vendalia um, d- didn't have any? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, there, there oh. were no uh It was all blank uh, That was in uh, November and December You could not find any of that stuff Well, you should have sent out a, a, an SOS
6: I would have sent you something from the East Coast We had that stuff, Bill Wow you wow. got my you got my you you got my call sign if you run out of stuff let me know i i'll I'll send it to you
0: <laughs> all right hey guys I want to do <laughs> something right. i've got I've got a video here that I was gonna show during the show, but we're out of time I want you to see this I think this is pretty dangerous and uh I want you to look i want you to look at this and let's see if we can uh see if we can figure this uh-huh. thing out here uh there
7: we oh go Oh my gosh
0: yeah I, I want you to look uh, i want you to I look it in twitter you. Watch. Look at this. Watch this. Yeah.
1: Um. Let's see if I can. That looks just a few feet above my 10-foot above the ground level height limit that I obey. Is. The scary part is, as a kid, I used to do that stuff
6: well, Yeah, I never, I never no. did this right here. You know. Well, at least he's up there with somebody that can grab onto him if he starts to fall. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well Let me tell you, you get a you get about a thousand or two thousand pound piece of iron swinging at you up here. That's not
1: that's.
7: I used to have a work with a guy that would carry up a piece of 25 room with his hands, no belt. He he would use one arm, he'd have the room section in one hand, grab on with his feet and the uh, other hand, and he would just reach up and put the segment on the top. And then he'd go down and get another section, and he'd go up 125 feet.
0: there is not enough money. I mean, I tell you what, that thing swinging—if you're—if you're, if you're hit, uh, it'll knock you. You know, I don't care if you got a belt on, it'll, it'll
1: cut you in half up there. Uh, that is, there's just not enough money for me to do that stuff. How high are they? Uh,
0: how
3: high? Like uh they're probably—I don't know probably, uh, it's like a couple hundred feet, probably. At least. I mean. Three, ten feet above the ground, you feel the same way as I Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My limit's ten
0: feet. I'm tell you that, that uh, helicopter—he's holding it pretty steady up here,
1: man.
4: That's just amazing. I'll show you the tower. I'll show you next door to my place in a sec. I'll take the laptop out so that can cheat. It's got a staircase all the way through the same of it. Wow.
1: So much better well, them than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why you pay people to do stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Here, yeah. here a couple of years ago um, in a smaller city at the east, the the um, the water company uh, they stopped using a a, a communications tower they had for you know for trunking for the trucks and everything, and and they let it uh, rot and uh, and they want and someday they said well let's let's put it down, and they called the 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 ham club, uh, locally, which is a small city, they, they, and the guys told us when they when we told them look you have to build a second tower parallel to this one so that we we can bring this tower down safely they say oh no way then they called another company you have to bring a huge crane to put everything down no no way until they finally contracted a couple of guys that said oh we'll bring it down and then came down with the tower and they got killed so it's not easy it's not an easy job they, they they got the the job because they thought they could but you know yeah no, there it's is, amazing somebody was uh, videoing and it it's a terrible video you know but i was probably like 19 years old when
1: i was climbing the 300 footers and i'm just like i look back on that now and i was thinking how crazy i was and i mean i had all the safety equipment and i still think back on climbing 300 foot towers and saying what was i thinking
7: Hey, hey, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I'm on DigiKey and it says the U Box GPS receiver says due to temporary constrained supply, they're not even able to accept back orders or given a really? uh, delivery date. And
4: right. there's
7: no stock. And I looked up the Atmel 328 key microcontroller. Yeah. And it does give a delivery date estimate of May 29th.
1: 2023.
7: Holy cow. well, <laughs> man, you know. So, That's I got, so I got, you I don't know,
0: I don't know how I got it. Gold. I don't know how I got it. But there's the digi key order right there that came in. Let's see.
7: Wow, you got the last ones.
0: Well, <laughs> wow, I got uh,
7: 2023. Yeah, 2020. You know, I, I ordered
0: I ordered something not from them. I, I I ordered something else from Mauser, and they said they had only six in stock. And I said I won't. I'll take six. And when I got it, it came in the same day. When I got it, they only had one, and they put the others on back order. I, I forget what that was, but uh, oh, I know
7: what it well, was. The, it was it the was micro the controllers. Uh, I found them for six or seven dollars a piece from a surplus house, and when they're normally at buck eighty or two dollars or so but uh right now DigiKey is showing yeah. 2023 well i've got wow.
0: i've got two of the u-blocks to get me by and then hopefully when you get home you can help me figure out if those 336s will work
7: okay i'll do that because i have several of those 336s. do you uh, you know and i've got a to... board for one too
3: bill you have to open an ebay store and sell those 100 uh, for a nice price
0: Oh, yeah, oh you yeah, could. yeah, you could. You could double your money real easy. No or okay. triple it. You could probably triple it. Sell,
3: sell 50 of them in the, in the eBay store. And- yeah. Yeah, and Tom, yeah maybe enterprise 15, that
7: way. You've got 15 microcontroller chunks of gold there.
0: Yeah, I guess. I, well, it, I may only have 12. I don't know. It's, I've got more than 10. I, more than 10 came in. Um, I don't know. Wow.
7: So all those automobiles that are needing microcontrollers, all the car lots will be selling used cars now for another year, according to that. (laughs) year and a half. I
0: I had heard that at first they were going to destroy all those model cars that have been sitting out there, you know, they can't get chips for. And then I heard that they came up with the idea they're just going to remodel them, make them the the model for the next year, and they're going to skip a
8: year. So they're
7: going to use magnetic core memory,
8: maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, we got a lease car right now, and they we got about six or eight months left to go, and they're already getting the, us the information. They're sending us that we we'd like to buy out your lease and put you into a new car. This is about our third or fourth lease, and that yeah, uh, we're just uh, we haven't talked to them. You know, we're wondering do they have any new cars? Like my wife, we we've had this Acadia, okay, for Acadia for. Well come August it'll be three years and we got thirteen thousand miles on it. and uh, Hey, you know you know what down maybe we here, figure, well, if they can't give us a new car, we'll just buy this one and keep it.
0: Down right. here for like my pickup truck, and my pickup truck now it's a twenty ten, it's but I've got low mileage on it, but uh they're they're wanting to buy back the dealers will buy back the truck for more than what you paid for it, and that was ten years ago.
7: Yeah, they're uh, running around. Anybody that lists a used car for sale, the dealers are going out and snapping them up because yeah. that's the only thing they can sell right now. Man,
8: yeah, even the ads on the uh, radio and TV from some of the local dealerships are, you know, bring in your cars. We'll, you know, give you top dollar for your used cars. Or except for trucks, you go by the all the, the Ford dealerships, the Chevy, the GM around here, and they got pickup trucks, brand new, door. But the other cars, no. Hmm.
7: Well, I can sell my 1978 uh, Buick uh, Century station wagon. It doesn't have a computer in it. Yeah. Man. Well, it doesn't have smog equipment either. <laughs> you can actually work on it.
0: Yeah. I had a, I, I still wish I had my ADL Camino, man. but uh, it smoked a lot. Kind of embarrassing. Crank it up and smoked a lot. Mm. Only when you first crank it, you know it.
8: It kind of clear up after that, you know. Yeah, you can tune up anything else with a set of points and condensers, new plugs, and just uh, adjust the carburetor to the right right idle, and you're all set to go.
7: There you go. Well, I think uh, it's going to be a while before we can see microcontrollers in the hobby industry because all the car manufacturers are going to be first in line to snap them up there won't be anything left
1: well they're using a specific microcontroller though they're still their yeah. technology is like seven eight nine years behind and they're using one specific chip and Probably that's the, the one
7: i'm using yeah because
1: the atmel you know the the unos and stuff are still around on ebay they're about double the price so you pay six bucks now but you can still get them yeah but I remember reading that their their technology is eight, nine, ten years old, and they're using this one particular chip, and they're not prepared to tool up to a more modern chip. So they got to get that specific chip.
7: Uh, and military systems, quite often, a lot of the electronics in these uh, uh, systems are from the seventies.
1: Yeah, I don't think these are, are hardened type chips. It's just a specific type of chip that they use. Is
3: and, specific and it, for them. it's because it works. When you have some, when you have yeah. something, and it's working. You won't be playing around with exactly.
0: So, right. hey, Bill, I don't know if you were, uh, were tuned in to the show when I talked about this. Did Did you see this? When I did, I did,
7: it. I did. Uh,
1: did you know, did you know
7: that me, I'm going to Dallas, d- let it pass
0: Dallas to Houston, Dallas to Houston the interstate is, uh, they're running the driverless trucks.
1: There's no, one road you'll never see me on,
8: man.
7: I, I wouldn't uh, uh, keep one of those in my rearview mirror. Oh,
8: me. man. I could see them trying to do that up here in the up in the UP, and up know, with our hills and groves and snow.
7: Well, I'd like to see yeah. them do it on the box. I'll tell
0: you what. I have a ham friend up there somewhere. I forget. Uh, Dan, I forget his call, up north there somewhere. He he ran a kilowatt in his car all the time. And he was always talking about how he could pull up beside somebody and mess them up. I just wonder what, a, if you key up with a kilowatt right next to that truck, you would do anything, man.
7: I wouldn't do it very close to the truck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, and you know what? That's a FedEx trailer. You know, and, and also it was just in the news, FedEx has now asked for permission to put uh, laser missile missile laser defense systems on our airplanes. Now, they were talking about stuff like that back when I worked here 10, 15, 15 years ago, but now they're, uh, they're actually getting permission to put missile laser defense systems on the planes. I don't know how that works. Mm.
3: For, for what reason? I, I saw the headline, but, but, yeah. but I don't know. Uh, in,
0: case, in case somebody fires a missile at one of our planes, we, uh, we stop it with a laser.
3: Yeah, full of uh, full of uh, Amazon boxes. Uh, we what? Yeah,
1: that's that's their official statement. The unofficial statement is you don't want a UPS plane flying near them.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's called dealing with the competition.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't know. Hmm. Well, guys, we
0: got about seven minutes left. Today
4: on the, uh,
0: what, was, what was that, Colin?
4: I saw a thing in, uh, like on the news that uh, I here today saying that there's a pile of American planes are now going to stop flying because uh, you're only just getting 5G phones turned on over there, and the frequencies are only about 200 megs away from the uh, flight. Uh, well, what's it called? The thing that they use when they're landing. Uh, but over here we've had 5G a couple years, and our, uh, uh, What's it called in Australia? Whatever it's called, the look after the planes. They said it's not going to make any difference to any planes here, but yeah, it looks like quite a few planes in America from today are going to stop flying. Yeah. They, they've
3: they already uh, moved the, the, the date again so uh uh telephone companies are are not deploying the the 5g technology for a for a for a big perimeter around the 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 airport they they shifted the date forward a bit but yes uh, the thing is that people say ah it has uh, no no effect well i prefer that the technology of 5G is delayed and make sure it has no effect before someone gets killed, right?
7: I just
4: found that. Yeah, well, I think uh, yes. The, the Civil was, uh, Aviation yeah. Authority in Australia, yeah, they said, well, it doesn't make any difference because uh, like we've had 5G for a couple years here now and they, they said it's uh, it made no difference.
3: Yeah, but maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe in big cities, yeah. The, I think the problem is the the that it's where it's located uh close to the airport. Uh, the problem if it's very yeah. close to the airport. So I
4: don't know. Maybe it's yeah. in. I well, five G is only in the cities over here. There's, <laughs> they'll never get it out here because <laughs> they have to have so many towers that yeah, they'll never get five G anywhere in the rural areas it's just be impossible
0: <laughs> well i just yes. saw i just saw um mike's door open back there a ghost opened his back door and how do y'all like ron i don't know where ron went but he looks like he's captain captain i like that background it makes him look like uh, captain uh xenon uh, or something or from another yeah, planet.
1: Yeah, this one yeah, he's with the United Federation of Not Planets.
0: United Federation, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's what it says, United Federation of Planets. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I recognize the symbol. Oh, okay. I do, too. I, I just finished binge-watching uh, the Enterprise <clears throat> series that I missed back in 2000. Ah. Just binge-watched all four years' worth. All right, well, Man, guys. I thought I had seen them all, but I just missed that one for some reason. Well,
4: let's Live see. alone and prosper. Hey,
6: Glenn, I got 57 episodes of Perry Mason on DVD if you would like to see them.
1: And do you know that as a kid, I watched that every day and I could never figure out who did it? <laughs> never, not once.
7: I uh, he lost one. Yeah, did he? There was one episode where he lost. Is that right? I didn't
1: yeah. know
7: that. I I watch. I've been watching him on the the old me TV, TV channel.
1: Yeah, that that was probably the classic TV show for me growing up. Between yeah. that and Hollywood Squares and Jeopardy, that was my daily TV watching.
7: Nice. <laughs> did you I all never,
1: get, never figured it out Who did it
7: Did you all get snow the other day in Memphis Yeah well yes That's what two days ago We got, got a little uh, bit down there
6: Two days ago got we got uh,
0: about two inches
6: I, had, I I know South Haven got a couple inches there and Yeah,
1: It stuck for he me was today,
6: He was complaining He was complaining and I said stay home I said don't worry about it just stay home
1: <laughs> The streets never Iced up nothing that you know we had some on the
7: ground but well i all. had two inches at my farm. my neighbor sent me a picture of my house yeah. i had two inches of snow on the mountain in huntsville alabama and then uh in dayton ohio they had then in like uh kentucky they had several inches dayton they had snow but up here in northwest ohio we had nothing so yeah mm-hmm. what i figure is the north is the new south
0: yeah. Be. Hey, and Bill, we're gonna—we're supposed to get another snow uh, this weekend. Yeah, boy, yeah. and that's when I'm heading back. That's
1: right. Yeah, and that's when I'm going up to St. Louis. Better you than us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we'll see you in St. Louis. Yeah, assuming I can make it. Fortunately, you know, it's all interstate for me, so it's shouldn't be oh, that yeah. big of a deal. You're not going to fly? Not to St. Louis. That's five
0: hours from here. It's only, what, about 300 miles, I guess. Now,
1: I am flying to Orlando. I could... uh, That's closer! No, it's not. I could
7: drop Glenn off at the airport, drive to St. Louis, and pick him up at the airport, and I'd
1: have to wait for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'd have to go through Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Teresa, this one's for you. You remember my badge I wear at hamfest The one that says... Right. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh.
3: Oh. Nice.
4: Yeah, I, got a, I got a new one now. Okay. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm going to see. you
6: got to say something here. Or, wait a second, I don't know how to oh, do yeah. this.
3: Oh, yeah. Mickey. Mike,
1: Mickey Mouse. Speak,
7: Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Pick something. Cute. I couldn't see what the thing on the right was.
4: see. M O U U S E. All
0: right. Hey, good night to everybody out there listening to Short Wave. You've been listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable. We're on every Thursday, five to seven PM Eastern time on 7490. Good night. See you later.
8: See hey, y'all next week. See you next yep, week. Yeah, I just had to go put the dog out in the snowbank so we can do as you eat, so uh-huh. <laughs>
7: We still don't have any snow up here in northern (laughs) Ohio. Oh,
8: yeah. I bought almost two feet the other day. About a a little bit about maybe eight or ten inches today. Not much.
7: Uh, That's K9ID. There you go. Uh Very Very cool. Doctor Who would be very proud. Well, you
0: know, know, I'm just thinking, thinking, you know, what I could use for K-U-B. Bear cub. No, you got to have three things. Yeah, see, uh, uh, hey, that's a very famous test at the uh, at the hospital. It's a uh, kidney, urine, and bladder.
8: <laughs> Pass. I,
0: I guess I could use that. All right, we're going to go ahead and end the stream here. And uh, yeah. good, good night to everybody's yeah. watching out there. We appreciate Heaven you. See, see you next week. But we're going to end the. Uh, if I can find the right mouse. We're going to